Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Book Chat. Today, I've got another author with me, and we are going to be chatting about her memoir and anything else she's got going on. But let me bring her in to introduce herself. Hello, I am Christine Reed. Um, my first book, my memoir, Alone in Wonderland, um, came out in January of 2021. And I'm currently working on some new fiction projects. Ooh. So let's talk about your memoir before we dive into the fiction projects. Because I had you fill a document out and I kind of write over it. There's a lot of curious things I'm curious about. So let's talk about Alone in Wonderland. Tell me what it was like putting your journey down on paper. Um, it was like a whole second journey after the first one. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I decided I wanted to write um, the story about my through hike of the Wonderland Trail sort of while I was on the trail hiking. And I got off the trail and I immediately got my computer out and started writing. And, and you know, when you have a new idea, a new project, it's like so exciting and things are just flowing and you're like, oh, this is great. Um, you know, and then, of course, inevitably it becomes a more than two hour project and oh, like yeah. the reality <laughs> the reality sets in of sort of what you've signed yourself up for. Um, so it, it, you know, there, I went through fits and starts where I'd be super excited to work on it and really inspired. And then there would be periods of time where I would not touch it at all. Um, but it took about two and a half years from the day I said, I'm going to write a book to the day I was holding a book in my hands. That is awesome, though, because it's hard. Like, describe that feeling you felt when you finally got that book, like the first little physical copy of it. Yeah, um, I imagine it's like giving birth and holding it, <laughs> except I was working on this for two and a half years instead of nine months. Um, but it's yeah, it, there's just like such a surreality of it. Like it's the thing you've envisioned. Right. And all the words that are in there, I already knew existed. And the cover, I had already seen the artwork and it was like, every, it was just all the things that I had worked so long to create kind of brought together into one like real object, which is insane. Yeah, it is really kind of crazy. Like when you actually get that book and hold it in your hands, I have to agree. And it never, like, it's different each time because I'm working on book eight and it's just like, I'm to the point where I'm fixing to have the printout of it. I'm just like, oh my gosh this is happening yeah. again. Like what? <laughs> well, and the first, so they sent me a proof, which I thought was going to be a copy of the book. And it was yeah. like, um, not at all that it was like three ring punched with rings on it. Oh. And so when that arrived, I thought it was a book and I opened it and I just had like the biggest disappointment of like, oh. this is not a book. Yeah, that dude, that would mess with me too. Cause like I said, so I did mine through like indie publishing stuff and it mm -hmm. just, so the proof was the actual, like a copy of what the book was going to look like when I got it. So it was kind of, it's weird. So yeah, I was definitely expecting that. And I had my <laughs> partner videotape me opening it and there's the video is so funny because I'm just like, oh my God, it's here. And I like open it and I'm like, this is not what I wanted. <laughs> Disappointment is real. Like, could you share that video? Because I'm sure like your readers would love that too. So yeah, if you scroll back on the Instagrams, it's on there. Yeah. Gosh. So what are some of the stories that stood out to you the most when putting everything down? Like, 
along the trail. I know there's a lot you have to work through being out there alone in the wilderness. It's always something I've kind of always aspired to do, but I haven't got there yet because life keeps throwing me for a loop. But tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, first I'll say if you have the opportunity to do it, do it. Go out into nature by yourself because it's such a powerful experience. Um, you know, in the, in the book, I tell my story about hiking the Wonderland Trail, which is under a hundred miles. And I hiked it in 11 days. And so you get a really up close and personal of like what that 11 days looked like. Um, and it's everything from just like walking through nature and it, like taking in what is around me. Um, and I think that in itself is such a powerful experience, but then to, you know, the trail community is such a special thing. And when you're out there, in the backcountry, and there are other people who are also hiking and you meet strangers and the kind of instant camaraderie um, is so beautiful. And uh, like, it's a powerful connective human experience, a lot in the same vein of sharing story and like being a writer. I find so many similarities between the trail community and the writing community um, and the power of sharing those stories. But if you want like a specific story, <laughs> um, you know, I do tell uh, the story of my bear encounter on the Wonderland Trail in the book. And I did um, have a very up close and personal experience with two like yearling um, bear, black bears. Mm -hmm. And they were running through my campsite and saw me like I was in I was in my tent. And I don't know if you're familiar with backpacking tents, but they're very tiny. And so I'm like sitting on the ground in essentially a tent that's hardly bigger than my body um and these two bears just like run through my campsite and they like turned on a dime when they saw me and were like oh what's this and sort of like flanked me I had one on each oh, no. side of me. and close enough that if I wasn't in a tent I could have touched them like they oh. came right up to me and I could see their nostrils flaring they're like smelling me and I was mm. like oh god I spilled almond butter on my pants like six days ago oh no <laughs> <laughs> like, definitely smell that along with all of my other human smells and I was just like okay please go away there's nothing I can do um when they're that close you can't there's nothing you can do you're just like I'm just gonna yeah. sit here and hope that they don't find me that interesting and yeah I would freak out because those tents are really small like it's just like you and it just is enough to cover like give you a little bit of shelter so wow that's crazy <laughs> Definitely one of the scariest wildlife experiences I've had. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I can only imagine. What was it like? Did you kind of like relive all the emotions you felt when you were putting the story down? Mm. That is a really interesting question because I've been told a lot. Well, I was told a lot during the process of writing. Like, even if your book's not successful, like, at least you had the experience of writing it. And I'm sure that was really cathartic and, like, all of these things that people say about writing. And in some way, totally true. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to reach people with my stories. So when people said that to me, I was annoyed. But I did have a really, a really kind of therapeutic experience um, of reliving my time on the trail, but also the stories from the past that I included. And those, I think, were the ones that were a little bit more emotionally poignant for me. Mm -hmm. um, and and there was even, you know, that that practice of like, okay, I'm going to write this scene from 10 years ago. So I'm going to sit here with my eyes closed and just like remember everything I can remember and start to put words to it. And there were several things that had had sort of been put in my past to a certain degree that 
as I rewrote them and thought about them again, I felt all of those emotions like more freshly. And it made me realize like, oh, I still really like feel very strongly about this, even though I had filed it away years ago, you know? Well, you have to like bring it up and relive it and just like, that's kind of like you said, it is cathartic. And a lot of people find a healing path by writing down their stories. And I would totally be annoyed too if someone said, like, even if you don't sell any blah, blah, blah. Like, because I mean, the story is out there. Somebody's going to find it and it's going to reach the people that need to hear it, you know? So, and I, I mean, I'm fascinated by it just by the, like reading your description and stuff you sent me because I've always wanted to do that, go out on the trail like by myself and spend that long time in nature because I'm a very outdoorsy too my husband is the complete opposite but <laughs> so I'm like hoping my son will do that with me when he gets old enough he's only four but like it's just mm-hmm. being out in nature is healing and the fact that you're tying that in and sharing what you experience with the world is amazing so and you mentioned that you've got more projects that you want to do earlier let's kind of talk about that you mentioned in the document you want to write another memoir and you're working on fiction stuff so yes I have I think once you have finished a really big project the brain is like oh we could do so many different things and so like I even as I was writing Alone in Wonderland I was having ideas Mm -hmm. and I was like okay I can't absolutely cannot go in any other direction right now I have to finish what I'm doing um And I'm glad that I did that because now that I've had some space from the publishing and like thinking about starting a new project, I have started so many different things trying to figure out what the next thing is. Um, And so, yeah, so I have a second memoir kind of in the works. I'm not actively working on that right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'm working on a fiction, um, a romance novel specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, And that has had a few false starts also. (laughs) It's hard to get those going, but like once you get them going, they're kind of like, I feel like they fall into place, you know? I hope so. I've heard that your second book is the hardest. So I keep telling myself like this is the hardest. (laughs) I I, I have to agree. It is really hard because you're like, you've got this first one and like it's out there and it's done. But it's kind of like your brain likes to leave out all the extra time you put into it. I feel like it just creates this false thing like, oh, it's going to happen really fast. And then you sit down and it's just like, oh, what was I writing? <laughs> well, and during the during the entire process, during the first book, it was like every step was new and I didn't know what it was going to be like. And so I sort of had this like... Um, naivete that got me through that was like, oh, I'm almost done. I'm almost done with whatever that step is. And so I could keep telling myself like, as soon as I'm done with this, it'll be almost there as soon as I'm done with this. So it's like the first draft, like, okay, I'm almost done with the first draft. This has to be the hardest part. And then you get to the next part and you're like, oh, this is hard too. But like, as soon as this is done, it'll be easy. Um, And now I know that none of that is true. Welcome to the writing world. Here, we're going to give you all this difficult stuff. <laughs> right. I'm like, okay, I just have to get through the first draft, but then I already know that it's not going to get easier after that. Yeah, yeah. Was there something that really shocked you about the whole process of starting the book to publishing it? Oh, that shocked me. Um, or maybe wasn't what you expected, I guess. It was definitely harder than I thought it would be. 
um, at the risk of sounding just like way so full of myself, when I decided I was going to write a book, I had a very like, how hard could it be attitude um, (laughs) about it. And, you know, I've just always been the type of person to decide to do things and I'm just going to like go in head first and figure it out when I get there. And I definitely went into this project with that attitude. And so every step along the way was sort of like, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, but it was like, it's not one specific thing. It was like the writing, then the editing, then the, the administrative parts of like putting the book together. And then since the book has been published, like all of the marketing, all of the, you know, I do speaking events and I travel a lot to go to different places. And it's like, not just speaking at events, which gives me anxiety, but also I have to call these places and book events and sell myself first to the person who chooses who speaks. And then also then I have to go speak. So it's just, it's a constant, every step along the way is a new challenge. And it's like wearing a hundred different hats, you know? Oh yeah. And it's never ending either. Cause that's something like on my end, I've learned like you constantly have to switch and shift gears and you're like, oh, I just want to have a break. And then something else is like, hey, knock, knock, knock. And you're like, no, just like a day. Give me a day. Let me just sleep. Just not do right. any book function stuff or anything related to it. Just just let me have that time. So, Well, and just like, okay, now go through all of the challenges of writing a book again, but also keep marketing your first book. <laughs> yes. And marketing is the hardest part, I think. It's just, and it's constantly changing. Do you do you use social media to help kind of promote it? Yeah. So since my book launched in January of 2021, mm-hmm. um, there were really no live events happening at that time. And so my first year of the book being born was all social media. Um, and so I have uh, a decent size Instagram presence. Um, mm-hmm. And that was kind of my main thing. But then, of course, as soon as you get into the writerly world, people are like, oh, you have to be on Twitter. You have to be on Goodreads. Um, and then, you know, then TikTok comes out and it's like, mm-hmm. if you want to talk to the kids, you have to be on TikTok. And I'm like, am I too old for that? I feel that. You guys, so <laughs> like, I'm, I'm 32. Like, I'm yes. already too old for things. And that is crazy to me. But it's also like, it's really overwhelming. And yeah. now, now that Twitter's having whatever's going on with Twitter, then okay. people are like, oh, we're moving to Mastodon. Oh, we're moving to this, like things I'd never even heard of. And I, I was know. like, do I have to go there too? Yes. The hive? I've something called the hive. Thing. I'm like, what is this? Like, what? And I'm like, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> so. Right. And it's like, there's, you know, there's different people on all of these platforms and yeah. it has gotten to a certain point where like, I've sort of saturated my Instagram following that everyone who's following me who's going to buy a book has bought one. And so it's like, I still want to be on Instagram. I still want to interact with these people. These are my community that I have built. And, but also it's not selling books at this point. Yeah. You know? I feel like it's hard to sell anything anywhere right now, honestly. I don't know if it's the holidays or what, but I'm just like, okay, guys, like, hey, (laughs) hold on. Yeah. So, because I've also like, mentioning the master john and hive thing i've seen so many comments about that i'm just like i can't do it i actually mm-hmm. limit like cut back on where i am on social media because it's just too much like it is right when so- it's like you have to 
make different content. It used to be you just posted on Instagram, it copied it to Facebook, like you were good. <laughs> but now it's like, if you want to get maximum engagement, like your Instagram content needs to be different than your Facebook content and needs to be different than your TikTok, needs to be different than your Twitter. And then people are like, you know, if you're in the outdoors world, like YouTube is huge. And every time I go to outdoors events, people are like, oh my gosh, are you on YouTube? I want to follow you. And I'm like, no, like I just can't do anymore. I am maxed out. Lord. Yes. No, I'm the same way. Like TikTok is just kind of there. I'm, I'm posting on it occasionally, but I'm just like, I'm just going to focus on like these things over here. Like you're just, maybe we are too old for it. I don't know. Because <laughs> I'm just a year younger than you and I'm like. I just think you can't do everything. And that's, there's a reason that every single company has entire staffs of people to do social media. And it's like, you know, at a certain point, I would love to be successful enough that I can pay someone else to do my social media. Um, You know, but then is it, is it even worth it? Because so much when you're the author, like you are the product, people want a glimpse of you, of your Mm -hmm. life. And so having someone else do your social media kind of like, negates that a little bit yeah yeah I feel that but I've I've seen a couple authors like it's been successful for them like they find like a personal assistant that kind of matches their personality and things work out like that but finding that person that matches that's that's the hard part like especially if you're looking online you're like do we really match like are you really gonna mirror like who I am you know Well, and who knows more about social media than I do? You know what I mean? Like, I am no expert, but I also wouldn't know how to know if someone else knew what they were talking about. Yes, yes. On the trail with everything that was going on, did you take a journal to kind of keep up with things, keep up with your thoughts and stuff? I did not. Um, I was never planning on writing a book, and Mm -hmm. I've never been a big journaler. Um, I've tried in the past, like from the time I was like six and I got a little diary with a lock on it or whatever. Um, you know, I've tried over the years several times to start a journaling practice and it just never has stuck. It's not a habit that I'm, I'm good at. Yeah. I just wondered, cause like, that's a lot to pull like off out of memory, but then again, memory is really good. So that, that just, it's cool that you were able to pull so much that happened from the trail and from the past and put it into a format. Yeah. I think our brains like we remember the things that we have emotional connection to and we remember like specific details that are tied to our emotions. And I think that translates so well to writing because you kind of forget all the like blah, blah, unimportant things. Mm -hmm. And when you sit down and try to remember like what happened on this day, then the things that you remember are the things that are important to the story of your life. (laughs) On the trail, what was your favorite thing that happened or that you experienced? Um, I hung out with two women the last couple of days that I was on the trail who happened to be hiking kind of same places as me. Um, And they were a bit older than me in their 40s um, and cousins. Mm -hmm. And they had such an interesting dynamic between the two of them. And they, oh. But you were talking about the um, the cousins on the trail. Yes. Um, Yeah. So I met these two ladies and they were kind of, they think they were on their first day on the trail when I was on my ninth day. Um, because it's a loop. And so you can get on in different places. Um, And we just like made really fast friends and hung out for the next two days. And it was really nice because I'd been on the trail for nine days at that point. So I was sort of exhausted. And I had met a lot of people, but hadn't had any really like great connections. And I just 
thought like, wow, these two ladies are super cool and like getting to spend like girls time with like two new friends. Um, you know, and we walked, it was raining one day. And so we walked through the rain and, and having people with you when it's raining and it's like bleak out is really nice. Um, and then one of those gals and I have stayed in touch and we have gone uh, a couple years ago, we, we ran rim to rim in the Grand Canyon together. Mm. Um, and then just this past fall when I was in Washington, where she lives, we went and did like some hiking around in Washington. And so it was a really nice, like when I met them, I thought these ladies are really cool and I could totally like be friends with them. And then I've actually gotten to stay in contact and, and like have further adventures since, which has been really cool. That's awesome. So you've like made lifetime friends during it. I, yeah. Amazing. Um, did they, did any of their stories or the time you shared with them make it into the memoir? Yes. Yeah. You'll see them. Uh, I think days nine and 10. Cool. So how did you organize? Cause you mentioned days nine and 10. How did you organize the layout of the memoir? Um, so the 11 days of the Wonderland Trail each have a chapter. So there's a chapter for each day that I was on trail, plus the day before when I was getting my permit and prepping. So you kind of got to see like what it was like right before I got on. Mm -hmm. And then in between those chapters, there is um, like chapters from the past. And those are also in chronological order. So you're kind of getting two chronological stories back and forth. Um, yeah. And the chapters, it's... The one weird thing is the, the chapters that are about the Wonderland Trail are called day one, day two, day three. And the chapters that are about the past are called chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. So it goes like day one, chapter one, day two, chapter two. That is so cool. I like how you organize that because that's, it's unique. And it actually, it seems like it would be easier to follow too. I was a little concerned people would be confused, but it's weirdly been something that I've had a bunch of people comment saying they really liked. And as a reader, you know, I was a reader for 28 years before I started writing. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't really, like the format just sort of made sense to me. And I was like, well, I guess this is how I'm going to do it and, and hope that that's not confusing to people. But I hadn't really put that much thought into how books that I had read in the past were formatted. And I don't feel like I ever noticed things yeah. like that. So it's been really interesting how many people have said, I really like the way the book is formatted. And I'm like, wow, I didn't know readers paid that much attention. <laughs> I honestly, I'm with you on that. I didn't start paying attention to that until I was an author. And it's just like, it's strange how that stuff kind of stands out to you after you've written a book. Have you mm -hmm. noticed that yourself when you read things? Like you're like, oh, hey, I, I wouldn't have probably put that there or like whatever kind of stuff. Definitely. And I, I think I read somewhere while I was going through the process of writing that writing a book will ruin you for reading for the rest of your life. <laughs> it does kind of. Like, <laughs> it's, it's completely so changed weird. the way that I experience books for sure. Yes. And I never thought of it changing that, but like. <laughs> Now I, I literally can't like not see like errors and stuff in books mm -hmm. when I read them, even if they're like, like one of the big five traditional publishers books, mm -hmm. like they have errors in their books too. And I'm just like, okay, like this makes me feel good. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, you guys shouldn't be having this problem. <laughs> Yeah. One, it's almost, it's affected my experience reading into like on both sides, which is like, I, I am more critical, even though I was already a pretty critical reader, yeah. but I also am more compassionate to the writer. So when I read something where I'm like, this isn't objectively very good. <laughs> um, but I can also see as a writer what 
they were trying to accomplish or what they were trying to convey. So I have a bit more of a specific, like, instead of just thinking this isn't very good, I'm like, this isn't very good because they missed X, Y, Z. But I can see as a writer what they were trying to get. And I I understand where they were coming from and how they might have missed this. Yes. And that's, I feel like that's the better part of the the, the writer side of the brain coming in. Oh, my gosh. We're <laughs> Sorry. Oh, seriously? He found the box of catnip. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, now that he's trying to, like, take over the show. What is with you today, dude? He's like, nope. So, so you said you're working on a romance, right? Mm-hmm. How are you going to keep it like a clean romance, a steamy romance? Like, where do you want that to go? Um, I think it's going to be, I've looked at the levels of romance. I think there's four or five of them. Um, so I think it's going to be in the like level three. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it'll be steamy, but not, not bordering into erotica zone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like the cutoff. I, I that's kind of where I write too. Like I don't want to go into the straight erotica stuff because like mm-hmm. there's a whole other like kind of like marketing area, and it's totally tricky because I I have written an erotica story, but literally like if the readers don't have the exact link to the book, a lot of times it doesn't show up in like a search. It's so weird. Interesting. But, yeah, I. I learned that because I had another friend that's been writing it for years. And I'm just like, okay. And it's so odd that they censor it. But yeah, I, I guess I should do a little more research into like where exactly that line is and, and how to make sure I'm staying on the right side of it. Very finicky because like, I don't know, it, a, a lot of the time it kind of really depends on what categories you put it on. Like in Amazon, mm-hmm. they have all those different categories. As long as it says it's not in the erotica category, I think it will show up under romance. Like, you put it under romance, so. Okay, you get to decide. Yeah, thankfully. Cool. <laughs> Although, that could change in the future because Amazon is weird, and yeah, so. Oh, but we have reached our time, so I'll have you go ahead and tell our listeners and viewers where they can find you and your work. Yeah, um, so my website is aloneinwonderland.com. Um, and that's where you can purchase the book and also see, like, I do links to different podcasts that I've interviewed on. I also have links to kind of essays and other things that I've written that have been published out in the internet world. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at rugged outdoors woman. Um, and then I'm on Twitter at some terribly abbreviated version of rugged outdoors woman, (laughs) because that's too long. (laughs) Um, but hopefully you can find me there and, uh, yeah, those are all the spots. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for inviting me.